Hey, sup, it's me. I got 15 minutes, so let's make this shit happen. Okay, so I've developed a new passion. Something that really drives me as a human being. And it's canning. Yeah, canning. Mm -hmm. Preserving. You know, like a pioneer woman. Like one of those women that like hunkers down and works and toils all summer long so that her family can have sustenance through the winter. That's me. I'm going back. Old school. And what brought it about is a couple years ago, uh, my cunt sister, um, because my, here's, okay, let's just get into it. Let's just do it. You know, let's just go. Oh, I said, you know, again, if I say, you know, a hundred thousand fucking times this show, Hey, fun game. Every time I say, you know, have a drink, you'll be drunk in mm, six minutes, you know? (laughs) Okay. So as a kid growing up, my parents came here in the mid sixties, I think early mid sixties. I don't know. And, uh, they used to do things the old school way. Cause in Italy, you'd grow the tomatoes, you'd harvest the tomatoes, You'd make tomato sauce and you'd jar them all and preserve them. And you'd eat that that. that all winter long because there was nothing else to eat really. So when I was a little kid, I have very distinct memories of my mom doing this. She would, it was a big production. It was a very, 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 very busy day at the Sanchez household. We'd have the tomatoes. There'd be the thing that would separate the pulp from the juice. And it just, the whole house would smell of tomatoes all day long and basil. Oh, I miss that smell. So we used to do that. We used to have these mason jars and uh, we'd reuse them over and over. And my sister, the dumb cunt, uh, the cellar dweller, that's where my parents stole, stored all of the jars that they would use to jar the tomato sauce. So one day I come home from work when I still lived there, uh, I lived there till I was way too old to live there, but my mom didn't want me to leave because she is Italian and uh, likes to manipulate with guilt. So she didn't want me to leave. She's still mad that I left the house with that bitch. Uh, Just kidding. (laughs) Not really. So I came home one day and they're sitting at the curb and I'm like, well, what the fuck? Like, why is she throwing those out? And I was like, well, fuck that. I'm going to put those in my trunk. Oh no. You know what? I must've still been living here because I brought them home. Okay. Whatever. My stories don't add up. Don't do the math. It's too complicated. I put them in my trunk, I guess, because I remember bringing them home. No, I moved them into the garage. Why does this matter? Why does this matter? It doesn't matter. I hid them in the garage so she wouldn't find them because she took them from the basement where they were, her palace, and put them on the curb. That, like, that's what she chooses to put in the garbage. She's never once taken out the fucking garbage, but she's taken it upon herself to throw out something useful. That's what she's chosen to do to, quote unquote, help. So I took them, I put them back in the garage, and... I was like, fuck her. Because I, I knew at some point I was going to use those jars. I was going to, at some point, make my ancestors proud and figure it the fuck out. Because I've cooked before and I was always scared of kind of making botulism. I was really paranoid of like bacteria growing in there and somebody eating it and dying. But I've done my research. As long as you boil the shit out of everything, you're cool. As long as you process everything, everything seals, you're good. So my first venture was to make the strawberry jam. When we went to go pick the goddamn strawberries, like goddamn immigrants, I'm an immigrant, or my parents are immigrants, and I made the jam, and I felt such tremendous pride. You know, I, oh, there's another one. Son of a bitch, that's two. That's two, okay? Maybe that's four. I don't even know anymore. I don't even know. So I put them in the jars, and I felt so good. I felt like I had, um, my dad would have been proud of me. I told my mom about it. She's diabetic. I brought her a jar of jam. She ate it in four days. Probably not the best gift I could have bestowed upon her, but I felt pride. I'd, I'd come full circle, I feel like. I feel like I haven't let down the traditions. I've taken the mason jars. I've made use of them. It made me feel good. Puffed out my chest, feel good. 
now I'm my next thing I'm going to do is I went to the farmer's market. I bought those little tiny pickles because it's always been my dream to make pickles. The problem with everyone, I think, in society, why they're so depressed and they're so sad and they're so Robin Williams about everything is they make their goals too big. My goals are very small, right? Have extra toilet paper in the bathroom. Easy goal. I feel accomplished. I can live to love my life. I love to live and I live to love. Those are also goals or a creed. Is it a creed? A motto? A raison d'etre? I don't know. I can't, can't figure that one out. So now I'm at the farmer's market. It's a very lesbian thing to do. I see all of you lesbians there with your little cutesy dogs. And as a lesbian, I want to bring my cutesy little dog. And I think I will. So I went, I bought a ton of little pickling cucumbers. They were very cute. And I brought them home. I got my fresh dill. I sanitized the... Oh, I'm missing a key step. Hang on a second. I'm missing the entire point of telling you this story. My mom gave me a canner. And for those of you who aren't pioneer women, it's the big fucking pot that you boil everything in and sanitize everything in. And then when you're done, you process all the ready-made jars in it so you don't kill somebody with botulism. She bought me a canner or she gave me an old canner that she had. So I have this rack that sits in the bottom, keeps the jars away from the heat and you pull it up and you pull up all the jars at the same time. You pull it right out and it rests on the rim of the pot. Handy dandy. Wonderful. So in the morning, I'm really excited. Malcolm got up early. I couldn't sleep for the excitement of making these fucking pickles and I fill up the jar or fill up the water and I go to put the rack in the pot. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in the pot. I can, okay. Well, Sanchez of old would have thrown a fucking fit and I probably would have thrown a bunch of stuff and complained about it and paced and been a fucking miserable cunt. I'm still that person. I, I don't know why I said that. Like I'm not, I'm still that person. But maybe to a slightly lesser degree. I'm trying, folks. I'm trying to be a better person for my kid and only for my kid. Nothing to do with self-growth or anything like that. I call my mom and I'm like, okay, what do I do? This fucking rack doesn't fit. And she's like, rack, we no have a no rack. And I was like, okay, well, what did you do? And she said, find an old rag, put it at the bottom of the pot so that the jars aren't directly hitting the heat. She said, we never had a rack. We just would do that when I was little too. We would put the jars on a cloth way at the bottom and just boil it, use that as the rack. And I said, okay. So I grab a rag, I put it in. It takes, like, here's another stupid thing that I did. Uh, I filled the entire pot up with cold water. And what I should have done, what the cook in me should have known to do is to put a third, a quarter even of, of cold water in, let that boil, add another quarter, add another quarter until it's all full and boiling. That would have been the smart thing to do. Cause do you know how long it takes to have cold water boil? Probably took probably close to an hour to get that whole pot boiling. I threw a rag in there. And by the time it comes to a boil, Sarah comes downstairs and I was so excited. I have everything clean and ready. My, I have my canning station set up on the island and she's like, oh, cool. Good for you. You're really doing it. And I said, yes, I am. Huh? She looks in the pot. Oh, and I was like, what? Well, you put a red rag in. And I was like, that fucking cloth has been washed 150 fucking times. And she's like, the water's pink. And I said, what? She said, the water's pink. And then I, sure enough, I put a clear glass in there, hold it up, and the water's pink. <sighs> like, if I had to come up with who I am as a person into one little stretch of time, it would be the time I wasted waiting for that fucking water to boil. And then when it boiled, the water was pink because I'm dumb enough to put a red rag in it. So if I had to quantify my entire life into one small stretch of time, it would be this one.
because I make poor choices. I don't think things through. I think I know things and I don't. I really don't. So I was like, okay, great. This is great. Super. This is just fucking awesome. So I dumped all the fucking water out. And then I, this time I smartened up. I was like, great. I'm going to spend the next fucking hour waiting for this to fucking boil. And she's like, well, it's okay. Just live and learn, right? As long as you learn the next time, it'll be, it'll have been worth it. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Took another hour, but I did it. I got a recipe from an old lady. She gave it to me. I followed it to the letter and I made them and two of the jars didn't seal. So I got to taste them and they were pretty good except for, you know, slightly over processed. Oh, I did it again. Son of a bitch. That's three. Fuck. (sighs) Ah, verbal crutches die hard. Three, I over-processed one batch, but the next batch was okay. And I'm doing it again this weekend. So I don't even know. Like, it's so crazy. What am I going to podcast about on Monday about my canning? It's my new passion. You guys are so lucky. This show is intense. That was 10 minutes about canning. Solid 10 minutes. Who's got 10 minutes on canning? Who? Find me one fucking person who can do 10 minutes on canning in 2014. I dare you. It doesn't exist. But this September, coming soon. In a world where you can buy tomato sauce in the jar at the store for $2, I am going old school, doing it like mama used to, and I'm going to make my own fucking jarred tomato sauce with fresh basil and fresh tomatoes, and I'm probably going to get really mad about it and burn myself and fucking freak out, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm getting in touch with my old Mexican. Am I supposed to be Mexican? Is Sanchez supposed to be Mexican? It's not my real name. It's cool. Uh, my old Italian roots, and I'm really excited about it because I have no life. Okay. Next subject. Uh, next subject is we're shopping for sperm. Uh, it's weird. Um, we're going through Canadian banks now, so we have pictures available to us. And I, Sarah and I have gotten into a lot of fights. Okay, that's, that's an extreme. We got into one fight. I have been quietly frustrated about the situation because when I was trying to get pregnant, it's like it took over my whole life. It was like every, every fucking fiber of my being wanted to have a baby, wanted to track down the semen, wanted to make that happen. Everything in me was just screaming, baby, baby, baby. And Sarah is not that way. And in our relationship, she is definitely type A. She takes lists. She's uh, considerate. She's concise. She is in love with stationary. And I think usually in a relationship, someone is like that. And someone is like me, who's kind of dumb, never really remembers anything, blames others for their mistakes, things of this nature. It's called balance, a little bit of balance there. So I became frustrated because I had asked Sarah to look, cause we paid the $75, the nice lady picked out a list for us of, of who she felt would match uh, Malcolm's photo. So she did that. And we had this list and I printed it out. I don't know. Um, when did I tell you about that? A month ago, month and a half ago. So ever since we got that list, I'm like, okay, Sarah, like you need to go through this. I want you to look through it and eliminate guys that you just don't like, like for whatever reason, because some of them were, no, whatever lie, six, four or six, five, 130 pounds. I think there were men in Auschwitz that weighed, that weighed more than that at that height. I'm pretty sure. So some of those are really unattractive. Uh, Anyway, we got to a bit of an argument about that because I felt that we're running out of time in a sense. I really feel like I'm getting older by the time this baby's born. Assuming she's able to conceive relatively quickly, I'll be 35. And I feel old. I feel old about that. Really old about that. It makes me feel weird. So now we're at the point where 
I'm getting upset. I'm raising my voice. I'm storming around. I'm pacing. I'm doing my I'm really angry thing that I do. And she's tired. I understand that. She's feeling frustrated because maybe it's a daunting task. And I absolutely agree it's a daunting task. It, it's 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 almost impossible. It's a really weird thing. And now that we have the options for these photos, it becomes in a way easier and a way harder. Today I saw my first batch of photos. And without having seen the photos, I was dead set on this one guy. I thought, this guy, he's our guy. He meets all the criteria physically. Height's good. The weight's good. Hair color's good. Everything's good. It's on the list, the pre-picked list that this woman did for us. And I, this is our guy. This has got to be our guy. Sarah's like, okay, well, let's, let's see what he looks like. So I email this woman, the sperm dealer or whatever, and she sends me our three pics from one bank. So I look at the pictures, and the guy that I was so set on, the guy that I wanted so bad, I don't know how to even put it, he looks, he looks like someone you would shield your child from. If you were at a beach or if they were walking beside you, he's got a child molester look in his eyes. He, he looks like he was voted least likely to ever touch a human vagina. He looks like he was voted most likely to have sex with an animal. Do you see what I mean? And I should have known that he would have been unattractive because they have other really weird things when you buy sperm, such as... Staff impressions, which is what you kind of have to use to go by to whittle them down. And some of the sites offer them for free and some of the sites don't. So these staff impressions for the creepy child molester guy were as follows. Prompt, friendly, courteous, kind-hearted, good-natured. In no way, shape, or form did they mention his physical appearance. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. Hitler would have taken one look at that guy and fucking sterilized him. And good riddance, I say. He should not be allowed to procreate. Never mind spread his seed all over the nation. Internationally, really. The continent. The world. He should not be. They should... I would take so... I would feel so much better about this process if they just said... Eh, I'm sorry. You're hideous. Can you just... Yeah, we're... You know what? We're good. We're good. You just... Yeah. No, you can jerk off in a cup still. Just not here. Yeah, you're gonna have to get a margarine container. Yeah, we don't. We... Yeah. Lesbians are already ugly. Yeah, we don't need any more ugly kids in the world. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. Which is probably not... It, you know what? It most definitely isn't fair. It most definitely isn't fair. But thank God that we had the photo. And when I was looking at the photo... When it first came in, I had this weird feeling in my chest. Because these guys are like in a really vulnerable position, really. They're putting their face out there saying, Hey, do you like me? And the look, it just, it made me uncomfortable. It like, I don't even know how to describe it. It felt like, like I've watched a tremendous amount of porn in my life. Tremendous. And initially you kind of feel like, almost like someone's watching you watch it. Like you feel kind of weird. And then you get over it and start masturbating and then it's over in three minutes. And then you feel really disgusting for having watched it. But I'm a man. Guy's going to do what a guy's going to do. Boys will be boys, right? Right. So I felt weird. And I, I, I 
am really superficial, I guess, apparently, when it comes to what genetics I want to pass on to my child. Because we picked three. The first one being, because I showed Courtney and uh, Sugar, Aaron, at work. And when I showed Aaron, she was like, and then I showed Courtney and she was like, and I was like, right? Like, what if, what if I didn't even want to look at the photo? What if I had like a little running around my house? Yuck. No, thank you. They should really, well, I guess it must really hurt a guy's pride to get rejected based upon physical appearance at a sperm bank. Like that's got to hurt, right? Eh, fuck it. But on the bright side, the other two guys, very handsome, very handsome. One of them was a childhood photo of the one guy, very symmetrical. He, he's 6'6", six, six, very handsome. The other guy also equally handsome, good genetics. So I think seeing the photo all in all is going to be a very good thing. The only thing that makes me sad is what do I do? Because Malcolm didn't have a photo of his donor, right? Makes me feel bad. Although who knows, maybe, who knows what'll happen? Maybe, maybe he'll release one by the time Malcolm's 18. Maybe he'll change his mind and not want to meet him at all. And then my other worry is, what if the second kid's donor is open to meeting and Malcolm's donor isn't? And it breaks my heart to think of that. I don't want, like, I wish I would have just bought the fucking sperm and I'll hate myself for the rest of my life for not fucking just buying it. I just didn't have the money and it wasn't going to work out. But now it's like I would spend so much money to get it. And I just fucked up. But having said that, the child Sarah gives birth to is going to be my child. I hope I have a boy, but he, he will be mine. And if we would have conceived with Malcolm Stoner, then there would be some other kid sitting here. I don't care. I'm going to be a dad. I was born to be a dad. If I learned anything about myself during this whole process, I'm an awesome dad. <sighs> Thanks for sitting with me, you guys. I got to go pick up my kid at daycare right now. I just want to let you know that there is uh, a lot of, there's a hole in my heart that can only be filled by another baby. I don't want a girl. I do not want a girl. Oh, I'm going to have a fucking girl. Oh, I'm going to have a girl. When I was pregnant with Malcolm, all I wanted was a girl. Oh, please, Jesus, let me have a girl. Please, Jesus, let me have a girl. And now I'm like, please let me have a boy. Jesus, please let me have a boy. Because ha we have a lot in common. We have similar interests. I think it'll be easier to worry about just the one dink and not every single fucking dink in the world. I think that's just so much, so much easier. Am I sexist against my own sex? Does that make sense? I guess. Yeah, that's probably pretty true. All right. Thanks for having me. I'm going to go get my kid now. He went on a trip. And next episode, I know the canning was riveting, but wait till you hear about the Thomas the Tank. Sorry, the Thomas the Tank engine train ride that cost a fucking fortune. I'll play the audio of him approaching the actual Thomas train. He's, he's super cash. He's super cash. Okay, iTunes reviews. Need them, want them, you got them, give them. There's a donate button on the uh, change of address Podbean page if you feel so inclined. I'm not going to beg every show. I'm just not interested in that. But if you want to help out, you can. And if you don't want to, then maybe I'll just go fuck myself. Maybe I'll have to panhandle for sperm money.
Get ya.